You are listening to Mid-City Vineyard Church Podcast. Mid-City Vineyard is a community of faith located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. For the last number of weeks, we've been in a series about prayer and the importance of prayer and how prayer forms and shapes us as we journey towards and with God. In this particular episode today, we are working our way through the Lord's Prayer. And we are on the phrase, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Thanks for checking us out. Enjoy. So I mentioned to you when we started, uh, this series in prayer has impacted me greatly. Actually, honestly, it's impacted me more than I thought it would. Uh, I kind of stumbled onto doing the Lord's Prayer. And when I stumbled onto it, actually after the first week or two, I would go home and I would say, man, why the heck are we doing this? I don't even know if this is, I don't, I don't think I like this. Like, I don't like this. I don't like Jesus' prayer. He could have come up with something better. No, not really. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I, but the, as we've pressed into it, I've been kind of like, oh, man, I, I think that there's a lot of um, really cool stuff happening here for me personally. So next week, we will probably, more than likely, we will do, as, as, our, as we worship together, we will have a reflective, kind of a, a location, reflective exercise on how we are doing personally and where we find ourselves. And, and a lot of it will have to do with uh, how this series on prayer has or has not been impacting you, why or why not, uh, those kinds of things. So, uh, but tonight, I want to finish, well, I, yeah, I think we're finishing it. Tonight, we're on the phrase... For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So you're familiar once again. Our Father, who art in heaven, we we did that. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread was a week. Um, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Michael taught that last week. Michael, great job. Thank you for that last week. Uh, Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. And then this tagline, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, before we jump into that, let's let's recap. I want to go all the way back to the first week, prayer part one. And prayer part one, we talked that evening about uh, the title of that teaching was The Tale of Two Realities. And I listened to it again this week just to kind of, I mean, that was 10 weeks ago. And I encourage you, if you missed it, uh, or if you heard it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was actually really, uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite good. The Tale of Two Realities. This, this thought process, this understanding, and this is important for us to start tonight this way, is, is that there are truly two realities. We are, there, there is what we see with our eyes. There is what we see in the physical world. There, there, is, there, there is war. There are rumors of war. There is death. There is sickness. There is strife. There is anxiety. There are good things too. Let's not, let's not just always focus on all the, all the junk. I mean, there, there is beauty. There is love. There is mercy. But the things that pretty much dominate the reality in which we live... Are, are, are the negative things. It's, it's, it's this understanding that there is a kingdom, there is, a, there is darkness that surrounds the, the, the world in which we live. And it impacts, it's the water that we swim in, and it impacts us. There's another reality, though, that Jesus came to bring to light. 
Remember, when Jesus came preaching, the very first thing Jesus said, uh, when Jesus showed up on the scene, he said, repent, repent, and pray this prayer so that you might go to heaven one day when you die. Right? No, that's not what Jesus said. Isn't it, isn't it funny? Like, that's what we've turned it into. But what Jesus said was, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. It wasn't like a, a dreadful thing. It was a beautiful thing. Jesus, repent. Repent means turn around. Like, you're headed the wrong way. Don't go the wrong way anymore. The wrong way is no good. The wrong way is no good for you. It's no good for anybody. It's not good for creation. Like, the wrong way is no good. Turn around. Your, your thinking is kind of skewed. Your, 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 your uh, actions are a bit skewed. Turn around, and here's the good news. The kingdom of God is here. There's a whole nother way of experiencing life. That's what Jesus is saying. And in this, when you get into, when you, when you move into this, this, this kingdom reality of life, this way of life, it includes amazing things like forgiveness. Forgiveness is part of what you walk into. And to be forgiven empowers us, therefore, to then continue to move and ebb and flow in this kingdom life. This, this kingdom that is, that is about mercy, and it's about beauty, and it's about grace, and it's about not holding on to grudges. It's about forgiving others' debts. It's about being forgiven for our debts. It's, a, it's about trusting that God is good and beautiful and faithful. It's about understanding that though it looks like the powers of darkness are winning this other kingdom reality is about understanding that the powers of darkness do not win. So what, is, what does Paul say in Colossians chapter 2? Perhaps one of my, my favorite verses where Paul says, listen, you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh and God made you alive in Christ. Like, God has made you alive. He has brought you into the life of Christ. He forgave us our sins. He canceled our, the charge against us. He's taken it away. He's nailed it to the cross and having disarmed the darkness, having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So, whereas you lived in a reality where darkness ruled the day, Paul says that Jesus Christ has actually made a public spectacle of darkness and of the powers and of the authorities. These things that try to reign and rule over us, Jesus Christ has made a public spectacle of them. It's like, it's, you know, if, if you get this picture of like darkness and, and, um, and evil and these powers and authority, like pulling Jesus, dragging Jesus behind them. You know, and, and he's all chained and he's bound and he's beaten and he's bruised. And, and they're, they're, the, the powers in the darkness, they're, they're taunting Jesus. Ha, 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 God, we got you now. And watch what we're going to do to you. We're going to throw you up on this cross. We're going we're gonna to execute you. How you like me now? Right? And so darkness does that. And then Paul says, and then in this crazy messed up turn of events, Jesus dies. God is dead. The Jesus God part. And then Jesus comes back from the dead. And it's as though when he walks out of the grave, 
You know what's in chains and you know what's being dragged along now? Darkness and the powers of authority. Those, those authority. And Jesus is kind of like, nope, didn't work. And now you are a public spectacle for the whole world to see that you don't win. Wow, that's like, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's, that's a different reality. That's a different reality. And that's what Jesus came preaching. So, when we pray, what is happening when we pray? And this, if, if, if nothing else shapes us, and I hope lots of stuff shapes us over this, the course of this series, but if nothing else, it, it would be this, that when we pray... We are going to God as Father. We're going to Jesus. We're going to the Spirit. And we are asking and we are receiving from God God's perspective on reality. That we would be the kind of people. We don't experience the world first as a problem to be solved necessarily. But that we would be a people who see the world as a reality in which God is actively present and moving and acting. And so, we say, this is what's going on. God, there, there seems to be death. There seems to be, there seems to be um, war. There seems to be rumors of war. There seems to be all this stuff. And, and I, that is happening. But give me your eyes to see what is my role in this. Where, what are you calling me to? How are you moving this whole thing forward? What are, what's my role to be part of what you're doing in your kingdom. Because I understand that you are defeating, you've defeated the powers of darkness. I understand that you're coming back one day and you will completely eradicate the powers of darkness until that time. How do I represent you? What is my, what is my role in this? So, at the end of the prayer, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. I have never understood this. <laughs> lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory amen okay what, what, what's going on here well here's, here's something very interesting first off Matthew and Luke both record the Lord's prayer they record Jesus as giving us this prayer uh, those words for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory are not on Jesus' lips neither one of these authors record these words so tonight we're actually talking about a phrase that's not in the scriptures <laughs> So how did it get there? And why talk about it? Well, we talk about it because it's part of our tradition uh, as reciting it. But I think that uh, what it means is very, it's insinuated by the scriptures. So here's, here's what happens. Many scholars believe that within the first 100 years, within 100 years of Jesus' life and death, that the church fathers added this phrase. They would call it a doxology. It's kind of the closing of the prayer. Most scholars believe that Jesus must have said something and Matthew and Luke left it off for whatever reason or forgot about it or something. I don't even know how all that works. But most scholars believe that Jesus would not have ended the prayer nor would it have any Jewish rabbi or scholar. They would not have said, and uh, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. They just they don't think he would have left it there. He probably would have had something else. So I guess the church fathers figured out this is what we'll put on there. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And it's recited in, in uh, many uh, churches along the way, uh, in many traditions. So let's, let's look at it, though. I, think, I still think it's, I think it's worth looking at uh, because it has a lot to do with, it has 
everything to do with Colossians 2, where Jesus triumphs over darkness and the powers and authorities of evil. So think about these words, kingdom, power, glory. I mean, what kinds of things just kind of come to your mind when you think about these things? Kingdom, power, glory. And you think of your own things. For me, I I think kingdom, it speaks of empire, power, uh, you know, glory. Power speaks of authority. It speaks of domain. It speaks speaks of rule and rulers, those kinds of things. I mean, these are big words, kingdom. It's a big word. Power is an even bigger word. That's probably the one that we're most associated with. I mean, a lot of people don't walk around talking about kingdoms these days. We do talk about empires a lot, uh, um, but we don't talk about kingdoms very much, and we don't use the word glory very much unless we want, like, glory. So, you know, in the church, I don't know. Uh, and I don't even know necessarily what that means when we do it that way. So kingdom, power, glory, you have these, you have these, these things that speak of, of authority, of rule, of empire. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. It speaks of who's in charge. These words speak to politics. These words speak to decision-making power. These words speak to policy. They speak to governing. And I would suggest to you that all of Jesus' life, his entire life, which is why we can talk about this phrase even though we don't find it necessarily in the scripture, All of Jesus' life was a statement and an invitation to align one's life to a different kingdom, to a different power, to a different politic, to a different governing structure. That was all of Jesus' life. You see, in those days, there was a phrase that you you spoke Because Rome ruled the world. In the days that Jesus walked the planet, Rome ruled the world. And in Rome and all of the known world, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. Caesar, and go back and study your history, um, um, Roman history, and Caesar was understood to be the son of God, the son of a God. So he took the title Son of God. So Jesus is walking around in a time and a place where Caesar, the Son of God, is Lord. That's a political statement. That's who, that's who, we, that's who we bow down to. That's who we serve with our lives. Whether we're Romans, whether we are Jews, whether we are whatever. Once Rome conquers us, we're a conquered people and now Caesar is Lord. And anyone who would say anything besides Caesar is Lord, that's treason, and it's punishable by execution. That's the world that Jesus entered into. Jesus' whole life was about Caesar's not Lord. Caesar's not the ruler. He's not the ruler of the whole world. God is. God is king. And I am here in the flesh And Jesus' disciples began to move out and say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, your kingdom, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Caesar's kingdom, he's he's exercising power and authority. 
But we, as your people, Jesus, we say your kingdom come. And, and Jesus teaches us and Paul teaches us, this is very important, to be good citizens in the system. Be a good citizen. Jesus says it. He says, look, whose, whose image is on, the, is on the coin? Well, Caesar's. Well, then Jesus says, be a good citizen. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But this is so brilliant and so important. Give to Caesar's what is Caesar's. What is Caesar's? Well, this money, this, this material stuff, this is money. But give to God what is God's. Well, what is God's? Your, your life. You see, your life is not subject any longer to Caesar. There's a new king. There's a kingdom. There's a different kingdom. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Be a good citizen. Pay your taxes. Do the things that, that, that citizens do, but understand that your life, there's a new king. Give to God what's God's. Serve God as king, as ruler, as the one who loves you, the one who's merciful towards you, the one who invites you into something beautiful and just and true. So, when we pray... Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're asking for right here, right here. Not one day, God, please return and bring your kingdom. No, the kingdom has already been inaugurated. So it's now whatever you're doing in that sphere, that dimension that we can't see. Do it right here. Do it right here. God, now. And then at the end of the prayer... For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Now, here's a very bold statement that I did not make up. I read this. I do agree with it. This author says, When the church prays and says to God, For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, the church, and who's the church? Let's make sure we, this is it. We are. The church is pledging its allegiance to a particular way of life. Because the church is saying, I pledge my allegiance to you, God. Your kingdom. Because yours is the kingdom that matters. Your power. Yours is the power that matters. Your glory. Yours is the glory that matters. So I pledge my allegiance to you. Pledge my allegiance to you. The kingdom of God is God's way of ruling the world through peace and through mercy. The power of God is God's way of exercising power under and not over. And then the glory of God is human beings being restored and reflecting the beauty of God. Now think about this again. Let's, let's do that one more time. The kingdom of God is God's way of ruling the world. But how does God rule the world? He rules the world through peace. What was Jesus? A name for Jesus was the Prince of Peace. That's a big deal. See, because in God's kingdom, it's, it's, it's peace and mercy. In the world's kingdom, it is violence and getting our way through whatever means possible. The power of God is a power that comes under and serves, 
I mean, what, Jesus had parables about this all the time. I mean, the, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first. And, you know, when, when, you, when you go to a party, uh, don't sit at the head of the table. Instead, sit at the, the end of the table and let the host invite you up. You know, I mean, it's all, about, it's all about humility and it's all about placing ourselves under. Jesus himself places himself under. I mean, he washed the feet of the disciples. There was no, you couldn't get, like, you couldn't get un, more under. And yet, the power that the world exercises is what? It's a power that's over. It's an oppressive type of power. For yours is the kingdom, God. Yours is the power, God. Yours is the glory. And so, I believe that we started this series by saying, because one of my favorite authors said, that only the most mature Christians could actually pray this prayer and mean it. Only the most mature Christians could pray the prayer that Jesus teaches us and mean every word. Well, how might we unpack that? For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. To pray that, as a church, is to actually say, I pledge allegiance to you, which nullifies all other allegiances. Like, that is my first, my foremost. That is my, my allegiance. That's, that's where I pledge my allegiance, so to speak. To, to take that a step further, it would mean, for yours is the kingdom. If yours is the kingdom, and yours is a kingdom of mercy, and yours is a kingdom of peace, then if yours is the kingdom, and I pledge my allegiance to that kingdom, then I am coming to a place where I am laying down my violent tendencies. Now, we might say, well, I'm not a very violent person. You know, I, I, I don't think I would you know, ever pick up a gun and kill somebody, or, you know, stab somebody, or exercise that type of power over. I know, me neither. But I don't hesitate to, like, you know, curse people. I mean, I hesitate more than I used to. Does that make sense to you? But, I mean, do, you know, which is another form of exercising power over, exercising violence against. Um, I'm, 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 I'm really, the car is really rough, you know. Um, oh, no, here's a better example. Here's a better example in a car, because now I ride a bike everywhere. So, the other day, here's, here's a violent tendency. The other day, I'm riding my bike in my neighborhood down a one-way street, and I'm going the wrong way. But I was in my neighborhood. It's not like I was on Orleans or on Bienville. So, I know. I got it. I got it. I just, it was half of a block. I'm riding the one way there. And I'm riding, and this guy stops his car, and he rolls down his window, and I'm, I'm riding by, and he goes, it's one way! <laughs> and it took everything. I, he, was, he was an old man. I could take this guy. And it took everything in me not to just, like, just not just to yell something really flippant back at him and show him who was number one and, and I mean, it, was, it took everything in me. And, what, but, and this is a stupid yet simple example of what happens to us because, you know what? <laughs> a couple things. Number one, he was right. I was put in my place. I don't like being put in my place. When someone else puts me in my place, my pride gets the best of me, and I could take this guy. 
Huh? What does that mean? Well, either which way. Either which way. The point simply being is what was happening in my heart. That is the point. Because in my heart, there was something that was like, I'm angry. Like, I want now to curse someone, flip someone off, kick someone's car, punch someone. I don't know. I want to do something. So I just went home and took it out on the pig. So it's like, (laughs) it's cool. Much better that way. So to pray, now track with me. Track with me here and understand that we are not the most mature Christians. Therefore, as those who are not the most mature Christians, we really can't pray all of this prayer and mean every word of it. And I'm okay with that. I think Jesus is okay with that. My challenge and my encouragement to all of us is, will we continue to wrestle with the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God to change us and mold us and shape us so that we could become more in line with what Christ is doing? You see, because until Christians actually get to a place where we says, yours is the kingdom, which means, Lord, that you are a God of peace and you are a God of mercy. And if, you're, if that's how your kingdom is, then that's how I want to be. And so I will pray, yours is the kingdom, and I'm asking you to shape me in the ways of your kingdom. And yours is the power, and I do understand that I have power over tendencies, but you are a God who comes under I mean, you're a God that calls us to, to when someone exercises something over us, and then you said, to, you said to your disciples, hey, if the Romans tell you to take their cloak a mile, take it two miles. If they want you to carry their load for a mile, carry it two for them. And it was the cloak. If they want your cloak, give them the shirt off your back also. Like, what is wrong with you, Jesus? Uh, it's just, this is just how we do things in my kingdom. It's a good kingdom. It's a kingdom that is going to win the day through love and mercy and peace, and beauty, and grace. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. It's a prayer where the alternative vision of reality may become not just a vision, but may become a reality. In our midst. So how did we start with two realities? Listen, I know. I know, I know where we live. We all live, in the same, we all live in the same place. I know what it's like. I mean, even tonight, we, how, how do we start? <laughs> I mean, I had most of us jumping off a bridge or something. I don't know. It's, it's just sad and anxious and depressed and worry-filled. And I, I get it. We get it. That, and yet, this is why we do this, because we turn our eyes and we say once again, that you know what, Jesus, you have made a public spectacle of darkness. Darkness does not win. I turn my eyes to you. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. May it be so here in my life now. We don't wait for some future reality. Now. This is what we ask for. Amen.